0: Christmas is here. Anybody? Nobody knows what Christmas is. Y'all guys, you guys awake out there? Who knows what Chris Christ Christmas is? That what it is? It's about getting what? What is it? It's about getting presents, right? It's about trees and jingle bells and reindeer. I you know what's funny is because when I became a preacher, no one ever knows that I used to be called Scrooge at Christmas because I got so burnt by the cultural definition of what it was that I became bitter at the holiday. Isn't that a shame? I didn't like it because it made me stressed out, the pressure, the money, all the stuff, the exhaustion of sensory overload because my kids would open it and throw it aside. Next gift, please. They lost all appreciation for anything that actually sustains them. So we try to remember the season this year, but it's really here. And we're going to do four weeks on what Christmas is really about. And, and not just the typical Christmas story, but how God uses us to glorify him and how the Christmas story is our plan. It is the plan that shows us how we take action with our own plans that God has on our life and how we observe the true meaning of the Christ mess. We're calling this series, and you got to forgive me, I've been a little busy with the move. I don't have a cool slide with the series name, but it's called Gifts to glory. And it's four weeks. It's from now and we'll finish it on our Sunday, uh, Saturday night candlelight service on the 21st. How many think that's cool, like to do a nighttime one? We got some candles and they're fake. Don't worry. They take batteries. We're not going to set the place on fire. But if y'all were here last Christmas when we did it, it was incredible. Does anybody remember seeing all the candles in the audience? Wasn't it the most beautiful thing? It was moving. And I, I, I don't get moved easy, but when I saw that, I started to melt like butter. Because I remember the mission in those moments. Today, I remembered the mission in the moments, in the grind. That's where you remember what you're doing and why you're doing it. Because it's not always fun. So we're going to go through four weeks and talk about this gifts to glory. And we're not talking about gifts under the tree. We're talking about our gifts that came from God that glorify him. The gifts in the Christmas season are about the gifts he's given us. And how we can use those gifts to glorify Him. Y'all with me? And don't get me wrong, you can I, I got some cool gifts coming for the wifey and the kids, and, and and I'm sure Michelle's got me something I don't need. That's all fun. But what's important is that we remember the real reason first, and that's our foundation through the season of joy and giving. Because the joy is in giving. And God's plan started with a gift. It started with a stanky old manger, a baby in a manger. It's not what I foresaw as the greatest delivery of joy and love to mankind in the history of man. It's not what I would have forecasted. But as we look at the story of God's deliverance to mankind, the greatest gift in history, it's hard to imagine such a powerful movement would progress through the vessel of a small baby boy how many got a little baby boy in this room everybody knows what they look like right did you know that tiny package could grow up to change the world forever but it's so little did you know big things start in little boxes did you know that small baby boy we see that the size of the outcome is not determined by the package it arrives in the outcome can be far greater than the package, and usually any gifts from God don't usually come how you expect them. They don't usually have the bow on it, Vincent. You've learned this, they don't usually come quick and they don't usually come easy, but they're the ones that bring the most joy later. You with me? But before there was a package, there was a plan. Touch your neighbor, say there was a plan. No plan, no purpose, no preparation, no delivery. And God often gives us a deliverable that feels insignificant. It's just a little baby in a stinky manger. It's not essential or not impactful enough to us, but I believe it's how we're going to handle the small things that result in our ability to be used for the larger, more globally impacting priorities God has in store for his kingdom. Remember, it's his kingdom. It's not my kingdom. It's not your kingdom. It's his kingdom. And we just want to live in it. We want to take part in it. The message of Jesus Christ coming into the world existed long before he arrived. The plan existed before the package arrived. No plan, no package. The plan was in a place that God had big intentions. In order for things to manifest according to his time and purpose, he chose the smallest of packages in the least desirable or predictable environment to deliver them in a stanky, smelly, dirty, not your neighbor, manger. Maybe them too. That means God's doing something in them if they smell, right? (laughs) If we go to the prophet Micah chapter 5, we're gonna look at a short passage today. Verses 2 through 5, our screen's working, praise the Lord. Y'all like that mute button up there? It's just, I don't know what that's about. We're going to fix it. So that's, that's how my, that's what I do. I look at that weird stuff. Nobody else. That's what my brain does. You can ask Michelle. I'm weird like that. But you, Bethlehem. You know Bethlehem was like the teeny tiny, teeniest town in the whole Judah, in the whole Israel place. You know, it was ting, ting, it's like a speck. It says, but you, Bethlehem, Ephratha, though you are little among the thousands of Judah, yet out of you shall come forth to me, the one, everybody say the one, capital O, to be ruler in Israel, whose goings forth are from of old. God says, I knew about this. Shall from old, from whose going forth are from of old, from everlasting, and shall be everlasting. From the beginning was my plan. As he speaks through Micah, verse three says, therefore, he shall give them up until the time That she who is in labor has given birth. Then the remnant of his brethren shall return to the children of Israel. And he shall stand and feed his flock in the strength of the Lord. In the majesty of the name of the Lord his God. And they shall abide, tarry, stay. For now he shall be great to the ends of the earth. And this one shall be peace. Everybody say peace. He shall be peace. You, Bethlehem, shall bring forth the one. He shall stand and feed his flock in the strength of the Lord, in the majesty of the name of his God. They shall abide, for now he shall be great to the ends of the earth. The one out of Bethlehem, the speck, shall reach to the ends of the earth. You with me? And this one, and only one, Shall be peace. There's no substitute for the peace that Jesus brings. The title of this message today is Big Intentions. Big Intentions. See, big intentions root in small places. Big intentions root in small places places. And so everything that's good, everything that grows, everything that succeeds has a small beginning. How many are grateful for small beginnings? Really, do you know what Do you know what that means? That means if you don't know how to deal in the small, you won't be able to handle what you're asking God to give you in the big. And so you need to pray for God to give you a small beginning so you can grow into King David. He didn't start as king, he started as a shepherd, remember? But he had the heart he was after God's own heart. So he grew into the stature that God had planned for him, but it took time to mature into that role. This cheats, this church, I can't speak, excuse me. This church is in a small beginning 2.0. We're not fresh starting this time. We're fresh starting in a new place. But this time we bring existing knowledge. So now we're a little wiser, a little more mature. We're ready to go on the battlefield and fight Goliath instead of killing some bears and some sheep. You with me? Protecting those sheep. I'm thankful for small beginnings. Everybody knows me. It's in, it's in the blood. It's in the Gwaltney and Messina blood. We like to move fast. We like to get it, go big or go home. But there's a reality. The day I became a man, you remember that sermon? There's a reality that there has to be a pace to your progress or it will crash and burn. And so at this season in my life, though I'm always wanting more, bigger, faster, more, I'm so grateful to, to soak and, and bask in where we're at because I see it coming. I see it coming. I mean, I'm not biased. I am biased. But this is the church I dreamed of as a kid that didn't exist. It didn't exist. And so now I'm trying to reach that kid who's looking for the gap to fill the gap. We bring the truth and we bring it in a way not everybody's doing. We're trying to be a little different, but we're not compromising the truth and not saying all churches compromise the truth, but we're bringing the truth and it's cool and it's fun and it's all these things and we're not we're not being immodest, we're being humble with the way we look. We're being we're being modest the way we act. We're being conservative and loving to our brethren. We're setting an example for Christ and that's so exciting to be a part of. And I wish I could have found that as a teenager. I never could fit in with what was available. And now this is my chance. And so we're so grateful for that. But our vision starts small with a plan. And it's not often pretty, and it definitely doesn't smell good at times. It doesn't smell good when the rain's pouring on you, and you're trying to lock down the wheel so nobody steals the trailer that nobody knows about on Thanksgiving Day. It doesn't smell good. It doesn't feel good. But God is moving in a way that people don't see behind the scenes. And what often is practical is not pretty. I stole that from Nate. I don't know if he's in here. But it's true. What's practical is not pretty. And it takes getting in the trenches, getting a little mud on yourself to get through it and to grow to something better. Amen? If it was just fun and easy, everybody would do it. If you want to separate from the crowd, you got to step out from it. So that's what we're doing. And that's what God has intended for us, are all different paces that we have. But it starts with the plan because the plan determines the direction. No plan, you're just walking around like a chicken. You ever seen Rocky with the chicken scene and he's trying to catch the chicken and the chicken, and Mickey, Mickey we just watched the Rocky theme. Have you, can you tell the Rocky series? And he's like, come on, Rocky, you're just a bum, you're slow. And he's chasing the chicken and he's like, I can't catch it, Mick, I can't catch it. And the chicken's just going AWOL and that's how we do our life when we have no plan. Planning is good. Impulse is not. Impulse is emotional. Planning is prepared. And God prepared like the hairs on your head. He prepared you carefully. He, I heard one pastor say it. He, he knit you. He mended you. The damage, he mends it. He doesn't just slap a band-aid on you. He comes through and he mends the wounds. He's calculated, strategic, peaceful. The one is peace. The outcomes aren't based on our thoughts. They're based on action. And if we want to see God's plan come to life in our life, it's based on the actions we're willing to take to follow his lead. And the path will change, but there has to be a plan. It requires preparation. Each step can be misguided if we're not in tune with What is the plan? Why am I doing this? What's my goal? What's my objective? Okay, I want to have a happier marriage. Okay, I want to have a better relationship with my kids. Okay, I want to be more present. What am I doing to take steps to achieve that? God is the one who grants the wisdom, but is the catalyst for you to take steps on your own. He's not going to wave a wand. He wants us to take action. And that's his example when he said, Jesus to the manger. I keep calling it barn. God was preparing for me to do his work before I even knew it. God was preparing for you to do your ministry before you even knew it. Ministry isn't confined to this building. Ministry is not confined to holding a microphone. The greatest ministry nobody knows about except you and God. This doesn't do it. This is the fruit of it. So people disqualify themselves. If I can't do it this way, I'm not going to do anything. God says, no, get in a manger. Get your feet dirty. Do something because I got a plan, and I want to see it come to fruition in your life, and you got to join me and walk with me. And don't be scared because I am peace. Yeah, it's scary. Change is scary. I mean, look at these lights. I'm scared, man. Look, at that one's out. Can you believe it? That light is out. How do we have church with that? Everybody knows me. There's only three lights. This is not acceptable. We can't have church in this. That's how my brain, I have to say, wait a second. Jesus was in a manger. The book of Acts was like in the upper room and they were just chilling outside. They didn't have cameras and all this stuff. Hello, pastor. Remember the sheep that showed you, pastor. And that's what we all have to do is a constant reminder. That the power is in the small beginnings power is in the plan, and remember the plan as we continue to take these steps, because God has big intentions, but they're rooted in these small beginnings. They're rooted in small adjustments. When we have to make an improvement for church, we don't overhaul everything. Well, not all the time. Nate's going to laugh at that. He's not in here. But we don't overhaul everything. We make small adjustments. We fine-tune. We don't just wreck it all, start over, wreck it all, start over. We fine-tune We're tightening it up. We're tightening up the path. We want the path more narrow because it's like a laser beam focus. When it's narrow and focused, I can see where I'm going. When it's broad like a floodlight that's not meant for a wash light and it lights up the whole room, then I say you need to be more like a pin spotlight shooting at the pastor that you could see him better. See how I did that? See the joke there, guys? I made a light joke. Anybody? I'm just such a nerd. It's okay. It's not always funny. I can't always be funny. You guys are like, you're never funny. Never. (laughs) Big intentions root in small places. Preparation happened long before you existed. God prepared his path for you before you were even born. Before you even sinned, God prepared your plan. So you can't disqualify God's plan for you with your sin because he prepared it before you ever did the sin. You with me? Quit telling yourself that. Get out of my face, Devil. That's what he wants to do. It's a cop-out. Quit copping out. God wants to use you. Quit telling yourself, I'm not good enough. I'm not good enough. I'm not smart enough. And not a lot of people like me. Yes, they do. They love you. And so does Jesus. Change your life. Thank you, Jesus, for coming in a manger. A love so deep, he would craft a plan that would manifest, should we follow. The heartbeat of success that you see. Is from a plan. When you see success, there was a plan. Remember that. There was a plan. And not all plans are equal. They're adjusted based on the individual, based on the gifts. That's the good part is God knows your plan. And your plan, Mike, doesn't have to be my plan. God wants to do something specific with you. Discover God's perfect plan for your life. Nick, your plan is different from Michelle's plan. They're different because God uniquely designed a perfect plan for each of us. Because if we were all the same, what could we get done? We'd be stepping on each other in the kitchen. It's the synergy of the body working as a body. You don't want ten arms. You need the legs. You need the torso. You need the, you need the feet. You need the neck. You know what I'm saying, Jen? You need it all. It's the body of Christ, not the toe. He is the head. He is the corner. We are the limbs. We are the branches. He is the vine, on and on and on. He creates the catalyst. We spread the word, and then we take change off our faith in Jesus. That's what we do. There's got to be a plan. Don't compare your plan with somebody else. Quit comparing. There is nothing that irks me more than comparison. It is the most evil thing in the culture because the devil will use comparison to tell you you got to do better than them to be of value. And that is a lie. That is a lie. That means the plan is not unique for you that God has. That's what's so cool is you can relax in that. You don't have to compare. You can just trust God has a plan for you and it's unique for you and nobody can take that from you. Nobody can take God's plan for you. So that brings a, that like lifts a weight because you, you can't please the culture. You keep trying to hold the weight of impressing the culture. It will crash on you. It's just a matter of when, and then you'll be starting over because that is not God's will on your life. Quit comparing. Jesus says, I uniquely came in a way that nobody expected, and your plan is going to be unique too. Just like I delivered myself into the form of a baby, my plan for you is going to be different. I've got gifts for you. I got some gifts for you, and it's not frankincense, myrrh, and oh, geez, I'm tired. What's the third one? Gold. Oh, dear Lord Jesus, forgive me. How could I forget gold? It's because I don't like gold. I'm more of a platinum kind of guy. <laughs> where's, where's Felix? Is he up in here? Felix knows what I'm talking about with the watches. <laughs> oh, man but they're not all created equal and the plans change two years ago i would have said we will never leave the high school it is god's gift to one seed church that will never change this is how it's gonna go until i started really becoming acclimated as a pastor and seeing that never works it's never how you plan it and the trick is being clay In being discerning the spirits, and listening with an ear, and trusting in faith, and not being impulsive, but moving slowly, subtly, and carefully, and adjusting. And it was time, never, with this move, would I have said six months ago that we'd be here. Six months ago. No way. No way, Jen. No way. But I'm a man. God's God. And so I said, God, show us I don't want to make all the decisions, God. You lead us. Let me hear your voice, God. And it was so clear. It was spooky clear in a good way. It was spooky clear, but it wasn't easy. And so you have to be willing to adapt to the plan because sometimes you're just off target. It doesn't mean you're not doing a good thing. It doesn't mean you're not headed towards God's God's will for you, but sometimes you're a little off target. Oh, I got a good one at the end. Matt, you're going to like it. I thought of you yesterday, and it's in my my notes here. It's good. Don't worry. (laughs) But God's view of preparation often looks like insignificance to the world. It's no good until there's 500 people. Did you hear the sound mix? It's no good. It's not enough. That's what the world says. But God says, I will touch somebody with a tambourine if I have to. It doesn't matter. Because when I touch it, it's gold. It's, it's done. There's peace. When I say waters be still, they're still. So if God touches it, it's anointed. And that's what we want with our church. We want God's anointing. And that's what you want with your walk with God. You don't want to impress nobody. You want to please God. You want to be desirable to God, to be used by God, to be able to be trusted by God. That's what we want. And that's what God wants. And when he can trust you, he will anoint you. Like David. Doesn't mean you got to be the nicest Remember Jacob, you don't have to be the best. You know, he was a shady, distrustworthy cook to his brother, but he had a whole heart for God. God used him. That's what it's about. Giving our best and the small things from God lead us to large encounters with him. So what do we do, church? What did Jesus do when he got a little older? He stood up. What do we do? We stand up. When we get our plan, what do we do? We stand up and we move. We quit waiting for lightning to hit because guess what? It doesn't happen that way and it won't hit. I'm tired of waiting for this change to happen so I can become more committed to Jesus Christ. Christ is to be the first of all my fruits, not the last. You know, we just talked about tithing. We said the T word. People came back. It's thank you, Jesus. It must have been anointed. They came back, Jen. Oh, That's like the worst. Preachers never want to really go into that because people squirm in their seats. But we'd be cheating you the word if we didn't give you, you know, the truth. So now it's time to stand up because God says, I've got big intentions, but it's time for you to stand up and embrace them. Chloe, she's nine. She and her, she's in kids. When she, she was our first baby. And she was a late walker, and before she walked on feet, she walked on knees. She had the most strange thing. I would try it here, but it's going to hurt tomorrow. Let me try it. Cameron, you got this? She didn't crawl, guys. She walked on her knees all over. Oh, that hurts. Is that concrete? I thought that was rubber pad like the playground. She walked all over on her knees. And we're like, what's wrong with this kid? She can't walk? but she was trying and she did it her way and it wasn't pretty and it didn't look like all the other kids, but she was trying and eventually she stood up because she tried and she kept moving and kept trusting the process and kept hearing her dad say, come on, get up, walk, come on. Here's another camera shot. Oh, she falls. Finally, we get the video where she's walking. Best moment of a parent's life, the first, well, besides the birth. The first day the first kid walks is like one of the most exciting things. It's like the first time they call you dad. It's like the first time they call you mom. And what do you think the first time is like when Jesus blesses you in a way you can't explain to anybody else? That's good. And you don't need to. You know, the baptism of the Spirit is weird. I'm not going to lie. And you can't explain it to somebody else. But it's the greatest gift ever given by the Lord Jesus. And it's free gift. To all men who come. It's free. You can clap for that. That's a good thing. Good things are worth a clap. It's all right. Come on, church. Give them five seconds of praise. Let them know you mean it. It's good. It's good. But she walked finally because she stood up. And God saw that baby would do what the baby would do before the baby would do it. God knows your steps, but he's not going to force you to take them. And you all have gifts that are meant to glorify him. I'm sorry, and I'm biased because I am a preacher of the gospel, but I believe that there is only one good thing to do with your gifts, and that's to glorify God and to change men in the process. If it's not resulting back in God who gave it to you, it's not being used properly. It's a gift. It's to glorify God. Your gifts were meant to glorify God from gifts to glory. And it starts with big intentions that God has before you were ever even born. God is looking for those today willing to stand up in the fear of falling, but walk by faith anyway. I've got a God that gave me grounds to walk on and protects me from the enemy. He, he's, he's given me grounds to live my life, and he's willing to lead me. And my willingness to stand for his kingdom will keep me protected In his peace, I scared the baby. Sorry about that. The baby had to go through a season of crying before it could crawl, before it could walk. And someday, the baby will be going, Mom, do you need something? How can I help you, Mom? Because the baby's going to grow up and do something bigger than it started. God had a big potential for the baby that right now it just needs everything. Diapers, bottles, breast milk, unnatural milk, flaky milk, whatever, oatmeal. Sometimes 50-50. You cut the nipple, make the you know, the rubber ones. And then you, you cut the nipples, and then you 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 fill it thick, so they start getting more in their belly. I'm talking about the milk, guys. Come on, somebody. What are y'all what are y'all doing? Shit. Let's all pray right now. No, I'm kidding. but eventually the baby's gonna grow the baby's gonna stand the baby's gonna slew Goliath and then the baby's gonna come back and say how can I help you now mom how can I Remember Jesus when he died on the cross? We're jumping way ahead now. That's, that's just the caffeine I had. When Jesus died on the cross and he stood there with John, whom, the disciple whom Jesus loved, he told Mary and John, now you take care of you and you take care of you. He said, now my time has come and now I give it back to you. Now I take care of you and I bestow my gifts to you, my peace to you, so you can care for each other in my absence. We can only be on milk for so long, church. Before we're ready for some meat and we start feeding somebody else. And the trick is, the cool thing is, that's really how you get fed. That is how you get fed. I just watched, I don't mean to jump on giving again, but when you really see what God does by giving of yourself in everything you do, it'll blow your mind. It'll blow your mind and you'll never seek. Receiving the same way that you once did. I was the most spoiled, brattiest little kid when it came Christmas time. I had my son. You can ask my brother. You can ask. You can ask my mom. I had my Christmas list done in June. But then I grew up, and my heart changed. And now I like, I'm like the opposite. I'm almost too hard on my kids. Like, you don't need anything. Why do you want a present? And I'm like, wait, just relax, Dad. They're still kids. Let them enjoy their life. But I really try to moderate it because the joy as a man I found out is through the act of the giving. That is the most receiving gift you'll ever get is through giving. And when it's in the name of the Lord, there's nothing sweeter, there's nothing better. And it is the only thing that can bring peace to your corrupt anxiety. It's the only thing that can bring peace to your bank account. It's the only thing that can bring peace to your job and your quarreling with your coworkers. It's the only thing that can bring peace because you invited God in to take care of it for you. It's quiet in here. You guys still awake? Okay, good. God says, I've got big intentions, but you got to stand up. When it's promised, there is potential waiting. And are we willing to seek God's reserve of potential he's put in place of us? The Messiah came to conquer death, and he did because why? Because he waited in the manger? No, he grew up and he went to the cross as a man. Did he want to? I don't think so. God, if it not be your will, take this cup from me. And he weeped. That doesn't sound like he's too excited, Vincent. But he knew the price to do what he had to do. How many are thankful that he was willing to make that decision for us? You know, he went to the cross so you didn't have to. You know, he hung on a tree so you didn't have to. They put nails in his hand. That little sweet baby went to the cross. Can you imagine? I was just thinking, we're about to put our Christmas lights up. And I got a blow mold set of all the wise men, the shepherd, the king, you know, the wise men, Mary and Joseph, the baby, the camel. I got it all in my yard. And I always look at it like, that's pretty. But this year I thought, you know, I think there's a message in that. And I I think, what would it be like to be there with the baby right then? But you know how excited they were? You know how far they came from the east? They knew God's plan way before it came to fruition because it was from the old prophetic message of the Old Testament. God has spoken. Since the Garden of Eden, God said Christ was coming. I won't even go there. I'll blow your mind with that one if you like a little theology. But since the Garden of Eden, God says Christ is coming to redeem man through the shedding of blood which is the only wage of, the wage of sin is death, and the only thing that makes atonement for death is blood. The only thing that makes atonement for sin is blood. So all the way back from the garden, God says, I'm going to send a lamb. Big intentions rooted in small places. God's plan was growing, literally, in the womb of Mary. You know, she was like 14. She was a (laughs) youngin. I won't even go there and make jokes because it's not really funny, but in this culture, that'd be a little strange, right? She was literally a vessel. You know, she was a vessel. You know, we say, I want to be a vessel for God. I want to shine my light. This little light of mine, I'm going to let. Mary's like, for real? For real, though? I got the baby in me. When you stand up like Jesus, you become a vessel like Mary. You carry, when you receive the spirit of the Lord and you become a new creation in Christ, you carry the baby with you everywhere you go. Y'all tracking with me? Just read Acts. I'm not making it up. I'm not making it up. It'd be a lot easier if I could. I just say all kinds of stuff that wasn't true. But I took an oath to tell the truth. You become a vessel like Mary when you stand up like Jesus Christ stood up for God. government didn't expect this peaceful baby to overcome the world you have an overcomer in your corner you have an overcomer in your corner and his name is peace he is a peacemaker and he is what he does you can't you can't separate who he is from what he says or what he does because his actions speak for who he is he is love. He is peace. He is healer. He is miracle worker. You can't separate what he does from who he is. What fruit are you bearing in your season of life right now? You can't separate and say, my word said that when I was talking about them. My word said that. No, that is what you said. That is you. You have to get that out of your garden. That's corruptive to the garden, and that will steer you misguided in your walk towards purpose. Big intentions start in small places. And I'm gonna tell a funny story, Matt. I don't even know if you'll remember this. Matt Garcia, we go way back. The Garcia's, we go way back before one Seat Church. And I think it was about three years ago. And I was, had this idea. I said, Matt, I'm gonna do this thing. I'm gonna get a bunch of GoPro cameras and I'm gonna have a Bible study and I'm going to put it online and, like, live stream a Bible study because that sounds exciting, doesn't it? Well, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was... No, it doesn't. But listen, I thought it was going to be a cool thing, right? But, you know, it's, like, kind of library-ish. But I bought eight eight GoPros, eight of them. It's going to create, you know, a 360. You could pan 360. I mean, what's up with that? That's weird. And you got to have internet connection. Matt, do you remember this conversation? And I said, I'm going to do this. And you're like, you're like, let me know when you do that. That sounds pretty cool. And I'm like, yeah, I will. But I didn't know this is what it was going to be that led to here. That led to here. That I'm for real. That's before there was any type of church. That was a burning desire to find a way to do something for Jesus, is what that was. I know, I know, I'll start posting something good on social media. I know, and people won't, people won't think I'm qualified, and I don't care, and people won't think I have credibility, and I don't care. People think I don't sound smart enough, and I don't care. And people say he doesn't have a theology degree, and I don't care. And I said, God, just use me. It's no different for you. Come on, somebody. Quit holding back yourself with the change you're putting on yourself. You're binding yourself in your own Change and God says, just step a little, and I will give the increase and I will guide. And you don't know what church is in your future, maybe there's a different church in your future. God, know let that not happen. But God will take you somewhere you didn't plan to go. I wanted to be a rock star like Janet Jackson, this wasn't in my plan. Come on, five, four, three, two, one. Huh. We are a part of the rhythm nation. Dunna. Anybody, anybody, little white Jeffy dressed up like Michael doing Janet 12 years old I was a little chunky too it looked really weird mom watch this watch the moonwalk you know watch the moonwalk you know watch the moonwalk all that all that stuff no says God we already got a Michael but I'm going to use you God says and it's not when or the way you think but if your heart is open My will, when this life goes on and you're headed towards eternity, you're going to be blessed. You're going to wear a crown. That crown's for everybody. Go put the crown on. Go capture the crown. It's a good thing. But I remember that story, Matt. I thought, how cool is that? That was one of the worst ideas ever. But it was a step. It was a step. Peace arrived Christmas morning in a stanky old barn. but That's how God delivered his hope from heaven. If you all stand with me this morning as we wrap up, our first service at 900 Caledonia Drive, O'Fallon, Missouri. We're no longer in Lake St. Louis, people, but if you say that, it's okay. They can go to the site and figure it out. MapQuest will, ooh, I mean Google Maps. Sorry about that. Sorry, Mom, I know you like Yahoo still. Is that thing still around? This is four weeks, and today's piece was about the intention of the plan. It was about just the plan had to be there. That you'll never reach the big intention until you see the plan in the small beginning, and that you stay on course with the small beginning. We're going to keep fine-tuning this. I'm going to keep growing. Y'all going to keep growing. We're going to keep growing together this is the body of Christ, not a one-man show. And someone out there is going to go, what in the name of the Jesus that I've never met before is going on in there? And you're going to say, that's really God. You should come check it out. Look at this place. I think we can fill this place. Look at this compared to the school. Who thinks we can fill this place? Come on, look around. It's doable. It's doable. It's a good problem. I want to see a problem because the problem is opportunity. And I want to see us fill this place. And God is going to multiply one seed into millions like Israel. Let's pray. And we'll get out of here and worship for a minute. Guys, I, I, I encourage you to worship on your way out before you split because it's a condition of the heart. It's conditioning your heart on the way out too. So I know, I know today's a busy day, but I encourage you to worship with us before we roll. God, we're so thankful that you kept us together and we didn't fall apart today, but we were glued by your anointing, God, to make this happen in this new facility that's completely foreign to us. We didn't know anything about it except it was a room with a door and one power outlet. But God, you kept the circuits running. You kept kept the anointing pumping. You kept the oil fresh. And what we want to recognize out of today in the beginning of this Christmas season is that we all have got this special plan in a small manger of our own and that we just embrace what you have given us, the gift you have bestowed on us in our own manger. We can see what you did in the manger differently and we can grow up like you to do great things and we can grow up and change the world like you did. We can be like you. We can use your gifts For you, our gifts for your glory, God. And that's what it's about. And we leave this house today being a light that we go out of here shining so bright that people go, What is up with those people? They are so nice. I don't know what to make of it, God. This help us be a light and let us make the influence to bring more into your house and spread the good news of Jesus Christ. And if the house of God can say in Jesus' name, Amen.